Hello and welcome to Management Cast, where some of the brightest minds in the business world explain the commercial concepts shaping industry today. This week, we're speaking to Jerka Lay, a professor of leadership and organizational behavior at IMD. Good to have you here. Thank you, Zhang Zhou. It's absolutely my pleasure to be here with you. Jerka is an award-winning organizational scholar and an expert on psychological safety and team dynamics. She's also spent much of her time working with error management, or as some may know it better, failure. How organizations cope with failure is going to be the topic of this and the next few episodes. So Jerka, I'm going to start off with a pretty open-ended question here about how we define failure. How do you define failure and why is it such an important topic to discuss? I would just say that uh, failure can be broadly defined as an outcome that deviates from a desired outcome, whether that be failing to achieve a hoped for, such as a sales goals, or a startup that dips into more depths rather than profit, or even we actually can recall those complex incidents, such as the losses of a the Challenger and the Columbia Space Shuttles. Failures are important for us to consider and to learn from for both actually positive and uh, negative consequences. When we actually consider the negative consequences, that seems almost so obvious, right? When we think about the organization may incur financial losses and the human losses, especially when we actually, you know, recall those extreme negative consequence laden events such as the BP oil spill or the space shuttle tragedies we just mentioned or medical errors that cause human lives. And also the public failure of this nature can erode public trust in organizations and their images. So for all these actually negative consequences, it becomes almost so important and obvious for us to think about how to cope with failures. But there is also some very positive reasons why failures are important for us. Because often failure presents the opportunity for organizations to consider the important feedback, opportunities to improve, and even innovation. So you've spoken there about how people view failure, how people can at times have a misconception about it that it can only be a negative thing. You're talking about the positives. Are there any other common misconceptions people have about failure? Yeah, certainly. I think that's why people often say that, uh, you know, it's easier to say learning from failure than actually done. The common actually misconception for people is that uh, failures often equal to incompetence and uh, inadequacy, which means that uh, when we fail, we actually often feel so bad about who we are. And uh, there was always some actually stigma and the negative emotions associated with uh, failure. And uh, even nowadays becomes more encouraging because now people start to say that, oh, let's embrace failure, let's learn from failure, especially you know, where I spent um, you know, some years in the California region, particularly in Silicon Valley, Failure seems that nowadays, you know, people are proud of that. Okay, I'm going to wear a badge of a failure. But that's also a little bit of a misconception because uh, on the one hand, it's great that people are aware that failures can be potentially opportunity for growth and learning. 
But the misconceptions also turned into the twist that they may underestimate the effort and the time for us to really learn from their failure. I would consider this like two major misconceptions is a stigma and the underestimate of learning from failure. So you're speaking there about uh, something I suppose some of our listeners will, will know as the kind of uh, move fast and, and break things culture of Silicon Valley. But there are some things to be wary for there. Before we go on, can you give me some of your own personal or professional experiences where you know you or an organization you've been part of has faced a significant failure and how you've reacted to it? This is a certainly you know, very close to my heart. And that probably also explained uh, some of the, my personal interest and then turned into professional interest in studying this phenomenon of failure. So I would start from my personal experience. As an organizational scholar, I started my career really initially was under the pressure to perform. And for a long time, I actually struggled to publish my scholarly work in some most of the prestigious uh, academic journals. And then typically, when we actually is the notion of a publish or perish, under that type of pressure, when I struggle with my own publication for a while, I really personally think that, oh wow, I actually fell miserably at my profession. Fortunately, I have a network of support and uh, helped me to go through the process. And in retrospect, I recognize that's indeed gold opportunities for me to think very hard and act very actually intentionally and also diligently to find something very important for me. And then that's eventually I actually made the personal commitment to say, I am going to study how people actually fail and then how people can learn from failure. And also similarly, how organizations fail and how organizations can learn from failure. So in the end, that, that's what I do believe that uh, failures present both challenges and opportunities. And I also want to speak to a little bit of organizational failure, because I think no actually companies nowadays can really say we have invincible, no matter how successful they are. And if you actually think about, I think the current, we live in the era of a great resignation, particularly I think this is in the U.S. labor market. I think this is one of the failure in the way that people probably don't necessarily talk about it. We can actually think about it. Yeah, I you know, agree that it's a very complex issue, given that we're just coming out of the pandemic. There are many factors that have contributed to this great designation. But still, I think if we come down to look at the organizational level, and usually when those organizations lose their best asset, their own people, something actually was going on in that company. And uh, I, my personal observation is the organization tend to actually fail, even to admit that and confronting that failure. And rather than just think about this is actually a good opportunity to really rethink their talent management strategy. So this is just the one recent actually phenomenon I have been you know, reflecting on. So, Jaka, in your reflections you've come across companies that you feel perhaps aren't so adept at recognizing failure 
to jump on from that, you know, what what do you see as the most common reasons that businesses are failing today or or finding themselves stumbling on things like staffing or the various problems that face them today? This is a great question, right? I think it's related to some of our discussion already had. Maybe I want to actually take one step back to classify the failure a little bit because I think not all failures are equal. So when we talk about you know common mistakes or common contributors to the failure, I think we need to actually differentiate some we would call as a basic failure. So which are the deviations or even mistakes, you know, caused by some, you know, mishaps and uh, some legends. And uh, so those actually are preventable. So that there is some type of failures we call the basic. So it's a, I think luckily there is some, for example, technical tools we can address that. But there is also some actually very complex failure, which means that there is no one single cause actually lead to that failure or deviance. And uh, then I think that, that those type of failure probably have a different root cause for those failures. So that said, I think uh, because of this, I would say that for the basic failure probably is more straightforward. Is uh, I would mention is because of probably to earth human and sometimes it's because of, uh, you know, the human inattention, negligence, or even sometimes overconfidence or wrong assumptions that actually the common reasons, you know, leading to the failure. But I think it's more importantly, usually when we actually think about organizational failure, usually it's a very complex failure, particularly if we actually think about the incident I just cited, such as, you know, the space shuttle losses, or even you know, in medical errors in such a complex system, I would suggest that uh, the common causes of these uh, complex failures fall into three categories. So to begin with, is more about the cognitive you know, heuristic we have to deal with. Because we actually, as a human being, we are subjected to certain heuristic, such as overconfidence, confirmation bias, and uh, this is actually, some is due to our cognitive limitations, and some is really due to our probably learned pattern. So this is the actual one cause we need to watch out. Then the other thing, I think that the other two categories is really more social categories. So I would classify as uh, some is factors are normative. So which means that uh, when actually we talk about teamwork or all the tasks coordinating through collective people, through the team, through units, through you know, department, then there is actually social learned behavior that are causing the organization failure. The third part, I would also say there is some structural factors contributing to organization failure. For example, if we actually think about how tall or flat the organization is, that usually explains to what extent or likelihood of the organization failure. And particularly when I actually talk about uh, there's structural causes, I think uh, one actually concept that's very relevant is uh, about the psychological safety. And uh, usually when actually the organization structure is designed in such a way that employees, they do not feel safe or motivated to come forward to share opinions, ask questions, or challenge the status quo, Usually, that's a very strong sign that uh, something 
may fail. But the last sentence I want to add is that you know all these actually causes can actually be relate to each other. I think that actually why make this uh, organization failure more complex and more challenging to deal with. Tajuka, you've outlined three categories there of what can be contrib- contributing factors to why organizations fail, whether that be in a large way, a cataclysmic way, or a smaller way, uh, the heuristic, the social, and the structural. I mean, I'd like to get into those into a bit more depth in a, in a later episode, but just to pick up on the uh, final point you made there about psychological safety, you know, that lack of psychological safety, the inability for people to feel that they can come forward, you know, is that one of the biggest reasons that companies aren't able to identify failure points? What are the other issues that they come up with? Is it just a lack of information or a lack of intent to find that information? This is an excellent question, right? I mentioned that I view this, uh, for example, the heuristic probably is more initially located within the individual limitations, but eventually I think all these factors actually are interconnected. And what actually psychological safety can help or lack of a psychological safety maybe damage you know, our capabilities and the likelihood to detect the failure early on is because of that, you know, fundamentally, I think there is a, this so-called fear factors there. And for example, as an individual, right, we have to fear that we may look stupid, we look incompetent in front of others. So when we actually have to actually think about how we as a human being can cope with the failure, I think then that actually makes it harder if we don't feel safe to even just to admit our mistakes, admit our actual failure or our limitations. And then it's very hard when we would not openly share or discuss or talk about those failures. Then collectively, I think then we miss the opportunity to identify the root cause and then to really cross-learn from each other. I think those actually make the learning much harder. And is this particularly prevalent in certain industries? I'm just thinking about whether or not this inability to come forward or these heuristic issues you're speaking about are characteristics of some industries. They perhaps are characteristics of people who want to enter certain industries. I'm thinking of particularly competitive ones, for example. I think the one thing I would say is that, right, is, uh, to earn is a, to err is human. So in a way that uh, almost all organizations are vulnerable to errors and the failure. So in a way that, uh, you know, we are all in this together. And uh, I think the positive news or the silver lining part is that uh, certain industries, this really spent more effort and become more vigilant and intentional about how to actually cope mistakes or failure occurs. And to name a few, there is also this whole body of literature and a practice called the high reliability organizations, such as uh, nuclear power plants, hospitals, aviations, and all these actually industry organizations, they have been very, very actually particular about their practice, how they can actually surface the alarming signals, how they actually really develop that learning culture and the mindset, not necessarily to welcome failures because, you know, giving the stake 
they operate in or they deal with, they have to be very vigilant. But they are actually learning culture or the norm to learn from failure, allow them to at least to spend actually a lot of resources, time and effort in discussing, reflect, and then also just take a long-term view that how they can address the failure issue. Okay, so higher reliability organizations, I suppose listeners should be pleased that uh, aviation firms and nuclear power plants are working hard to surface failures before they arise. I think it's a good place to stop and we can drill into some of those questions in our next episode. I want to say thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Jiang Zhou. And thank you for this wonderful opportunity to discuss this path that has been less traveled, but is so important for us to consider. I also want to use this opportunity to thank many of my colleagues who has done tremendous, amazing research and work in this field. In particular, I want to thank Amy Edmondson, whose seminar work has informed and inspired scholars like me. Thank you. And just as a reminder to listeners, uh, Jerka Lei is a professor of leadership and organizational behavior at IMD. In our next episode, we'll be speaking about how to manage emotions and the process of failure within organizations. For more information about IMD, go to imd.org, where you can also find information on Jerka Lay's work. See you next time.